You're listening to the Lawyers with Purpose Practice Success Podcast, hosted by Lisa Rozier, featuring attorney Dave Zampano, along with frequent guests. Whether you're a seasoned estate planning attorney, an attorney looking to add estate planning and elder law to your existing list of practice areas, or you're just starting out, this podcast will give you a solid plan for success. Listen now as Dave and his guests share their personal journeys to practice success and the insights they learned along the way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Practice Success Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier with attorney Dave Zampano and our special guests today, David and Julie Salter from Salter Law, um, based out of Minnesota. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? Nice thanks to be here. Thanks for joining us yeah, today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, before we jump into the great conversation, how's the weather and everything up in Minnesota? <laughs> in Minnesota. <laughs> you got to ask that in Minnesota. Uh, well, it was 80 yesterday, Very and warm. it's expected to snow on Sunday. So <laughs> that kind of gives you a sense. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you got to be nimble. David and Julie, if you could give our listeners an idea of your background, how you got to where you are, what roles you currently play in the firm, something like that, and uh, just for baseline. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've I've been an estate planning attorney for almost 30 years. It's hard to believe that kind of surprises me when I think about it. I already have, you know, second generation um, kids, clients coming in. Uh, we, I've been Salter Law LLC for about seven years. Prior to that, I worked with a friend, a small law firm. It was uh, myself, my friend and colleague, his sister, and then kind of a family run thing like us is, their mother was our, our firm administrator, jack of all trades. And I purchased the firm from him about seven years ago and have uh, been, well, the first like five, four and a half, five years, I tried to wear all the hats and run it on my own and realized I really couldn't do that. And then Julie jumped in about two and a half years ago to, you know, help me move along more not in the law aspect, but more in just the running of business aspects. So the more administrative parts. Yeah. yeah. And my background, I don't have a legal background. My background is in um, training, actually. So I did both soft skill training and software training and uh, at various corporations and here with the Science Museum of Minnesota locally and taught corporations how to use like the whole Microsoft Office suite and how to type code, HTML, CSS, web code. And then I did a freelance web design business for a while. And then, um, but mostly I was just in corporate training for many, many years. So that was my background. And I really started helping David with just the books. I think um, he just needed someone to get into QuickBooks and you know, do the data entry. And that's where I started. And then it was the webinar or yeah. webinars and seminars, right? At least I was smart enough not to, to at least let Julie do the books the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how smart that was. There was one point. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to get, uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, my <laughs> wife controls my books too. So, you know, <laughs> well, there was one point where I think you even realize you need to know even more as a person knowing um, accounting and knowing how that affects profit and loss 
statement and all that. So I remember one day I was had a dividend check that I was trying to figure out how to do the data entry for. And I called our tax accountant and she goes, oh, just put it on this line in the chart of accounts. And I said, oh yeah, of course. And I hang up and I said to David, who are you hiring for your bookkeeping? I mean, she didn't even know that there was that line in the chart of accounts. I'm like, we gotta get better at hiring. I mean, so it was me, but anyway. Well, right, exactly. Well, what I love about that, uh, Julie is, you know, um, we've talked about it before. Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy wrote a book, Who Not How, and we have translated it to Who-ness. And that is understanding that all of us have a Who-ness. We're all really good at some things. And there's other things we're not so good at. And the trick to success in business, and my, one of my experiences has been to stay focused in the areas we're really good at and then work with other people who are really good in the areas we're not. So I love that story you tell, simple, but I, I wanna say 99% of the people listening to that probably can relate to it personally. And they've had <laughs> that happen in their own practice, including, right. including me. And I'm a <laughs> CPA, right, and an attorney. So, so um, I, I, think, uh, I think that's a very accurate statement. So uh, Minnesota, you know, you're, you're uh, in a unique state, but every state's unique. Um, talk about your practice. So David, you've been doing this almost 30 years. You, you worked with a friend who had kind of a family thing going on and you took the firm over about seven years ago. And then the last two and a half years, which if I go back two and a half years, that's the beginning of COVID. So mm -hmm. it sounds like right at the beginning of COVID, you get this epiphany. Oh, I think I'll just go buy a law firm. Um, so what's transpired well, since then? Well, no, so I, I bought the law firm Oh, seven, seven years. years seven years ago so it was about it was about two years ago right at the start of covid when i had the epiphany like you were just saying that i i couldn't i couldn't be the lawyer doing the legal work i couldn't be the client services coordinator i couldn't be the funding person i couldn't be the estate administration person i mean i couldn't do it all so well, I would say you could, but you couldn't do it well, right? right. <laughs> See, and the reason why I say that so many lawyers I've worked with over the 30 years is yeah. they are doing it all. They're just not yeah. doing it well. Well, yeah, I mean, I did. I, yeah, I did do it all. I just, yeah, it was, it, but it was, it was really difficult. So that's, that's where Julie really jumped in. And I should say, you know, right away when I took over, Julie said, me, said to me, like, immediately, you need to let me help you. And, you know, being a bit of a control freak, I didn't let her. So I think we would be a lot farther along. If I, I think it comes with the JD degree, doesn't it? The yeah. control freak degree. <laughs> yeah. If I listened to her and let her come along and help more right away. But I mean, with like the first three years, I think I did a pretty darn good job on my own. And then, you know, COVID hit and then things did get a little, a little crazy. And so that was about two years ago when we joined with Lawyers with Purpose. That's when we're like, well, this seems like an organization that's going to, you know, help us focus more on the, being a business as opposed to just, you know, being a law firm that's trying to, you know, get the legal work done, make the clients happy. Because I always, when, when I took over from my colleague, you know, we had a huge book of business. I had people passing away. 
So I had administration business. And I really thought, well, I'm going to, and it was all referrals that I went on. I figured I'm going to have enough referrals coming in where I'm not going to really have to do any marketing. And I think that was pretty much the case for the first couple of years. But then it became pretty clear, no, I'm going to need to do some type of marketing to get some more business in the door. But in the realm of all of my things that I was trying to do, marketing was probably kind of down at the bottom. So, and I think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and I think, so yes, right away, I did tell you, you're going to need some help. And right away, he pushed back. And I think part of that could have been a husband-wife dynamic. I mean, who wants a nagging wife when you're starting your own business in your face, right? And and I think there's a fine balance between work and home that you really have to respect. And so I did beg um, and got pushed back. And realized I can't push. And so I just came in and I would do the books and I would just listen to them. And I have to say, I do think that actually helped not only um, me to help him in the future, but it helped our marriage because I realized how much he knows. I was like, wow, I did not really, you know, you never sit with your husband at work (laughs) and listen to them. And I'm like, wow, he is really good with clients. And wow, he really knows a lot. And wow, this is really important. And so I think after doing the books for one or two years, when he did have that epiphany that he needed to market, I was like, well, I think I can help you with that. I've done um, online training and I can put together some webinars and some seminars. And, but then I had to learn estate planning. So I've got this 30 year old expert and me with no expertise. So that was a challenge, right? Him trying to teach me. Um, enough so that I didn't put something wrong on a slide. Uh, and so, and that was interesting and, and yet really great because now I think I know enough um, that I can at least answer some basic questions as the client services coordinator. And then I think also um, it helped me understand more of his process, although a lot of that was in his head. And so I think that then um, hit us later because we're still working on operations. You know what I mean? But I think it's all just been a real journey. So I think we needed that. We need, I needed to give him that space because he needed to have that epiphany on his own. I don't think there's any way when that pandemic hit that I could have said, you need, you, we need to get out of our own little world and start working with others to help us had he not felt that pain by himself. Ah, so that pushed you to look and explore and you found. Yeah, well, you, you know, I think a lot of lawyers, you know, they, they sit in their office and they do their lawyer stuff and they draft the documents, they read law review articles. And that's great because you have to do that. But you're in your little, you're in your little vacuum tube, you know, and you got to, you know, and I mean, I know that that's what I was doing. And it's, it's hard to break out of that and go out and say, yeah, I need to get some coaching. I need to get some help to address these other aspects of the business, the business yeah. as opposed to just being the lawyer. Right. Yeah. Because even with marketing, so what he wanted to market on, tell him about your cabin trust business, because that's what I was helping you with, some of that. Oh, so, yeah, going back. This is at the, 
old firm with my my friend. We we you know we when we first started, it was the the heyday of you probably remember this, Dave, of the retail living trust marketing. Yep. Running the the newspaper ads, we'd go out, we'd run the ads, we'd do twice a month, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, ten a.m., seven p.m. You know, yep. live seminars, and that was great. I mean, we'd have you know tons of business. You know, we were like 27, 28 years old. But then that quickly, you know, uh, you know, that horse evolved. You know, yeah, it, it evolved. You know, it keeled over. But then we had a really good relationship with a local a Minnesota uh, property casualty uh, insurance firm. And that was great for a while. But then that a new guy took over as the CEO that we didn't really see eye to eye with. So that's where it went down the road. But then 2008 market crashes, no one is, you know, everyone's panicking, came up with the idea of doing cabin trusts. Everyone in Minnesota has a cabin, you know, I think New York, they call them cottages. Camp, Camps. camp, camp trusts. Yeah. Yep. Camp so, trusts or cottage. Yeah. So we would buy, we bought the from like Crowman County, all the Northern Minnesota counties. Got, went to the assessor and said, we want to buy your Excel list of everyone that has property with a Metro Twin Cities zip. Did bulk mails. Pandem I'm not pandemic, market crash, 2008, 2009. We're getting 50, 70 people in live seminars. And that was gangbusters for a while. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think that we, that we are the ones that sort of started that whole cabin trust market in Minnesota. So that was you didn't have a lot of competition. And that, yeah, there was really not much competition. And that that really went good for a while too. And then other people got into the market, and then that's when I think Frank sold you the firm. And so when I started helping him, we started doing some of those cabin trusts, and he was getting a pretty good like from um, he would get forty people, and he would get roughly. 25% that would want to meet with them. And then he would start doing the cabin trust yeah, and because were. he was solo and they're so customizable, yeah, it was great. taking yeah. a ton of time. Yeah. So yeah. it goes back to one of your tools, Dave, that I thought was really beneficial for us. Um, it, that it's not the revenue focuser. It's the other one where you get to figure out your ROI um, on how much time you spend per um, yeah, that, that's the second part of the revenue focuser. And we also have the KPI focuser. So yeah. those, those two things combined really uh, having an idea of saying, okay, how do I know how many of these I need to get to get the X number at the end of a month? Where does that back all the way? We actually back it into how many leads you need, right? So you, the number of phone calls you need to have happen. Which um, I think was so beneficial. I think that's a really beneficial tool for any firm to really look at. And I think the other one you have ha talks about what is your best ROI product, the one that you can deliver with the least amount of hours, but the highest amount of profit, or what's the profit rate on each of your services. Right. And what David was finding because he was losing interest in doing cabin trust webinars. And I'm like, but you're so good and it's a good market and you're known for it. And we had a RMS relationship with a, um, a Minnesota, Minnesota Lakes and Rivers, Rivers Advocates, like which the, we still have, yeah. and we still keep in touch with them. And, uh, but he said it was too many hours as a solo, right? To 
put out that product and and wear all the hats. So this is really right before I was when I was just doing the books for him. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's not your target market. So then we started talking about that as a business concept. Like, what is your target market? Who do you want to bring in? Go ahead. There's riches and niches, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the cabin trusts were they were custom. I mean, we had developed our own form. There wasn't really a form yet, you know. So it wasn't like a go out and have you know, so there was a software program that would at that time that would do a cabin trust. So, I mean, we would, you know, normally we would be popping it into someone's revocable trust, mm -hmm. right? Created on the second death. And, and so, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, your journey. I'm looking at this into your journey. I mean, we could spend hours. I can do a whole course on husband and wife, the pros and cons of that. And I, and I know the cons are as many as the pros. I, my work, my wife worked with me many years. Um, uh, I want to say she worked with me the first 20 of the 30 years. And wow. then 10 years ago, you know, we grew and I'm like, we really need to not have you in this role. I need to have, I need to be able to have the company run without you or I, because if, if we went down together or something, you know, we can't re both retire at some point or whatever. So, so we started that process, you know, as you've evolved, you know, what are some of the key things you would say to people listening? This is a practice success podcast. People are at all different stages of their careers. David, it sounds like you reinvented your career, maybe a little bit here in the last couple of years. What's some of the challenges and some of the insights you would share with people who might be struggling with maybe reinventing themselves or, or figuring out that path? Well, I think you just have to identify what is what's holding you back, identify what you are skilled at doing, and be willing to, you know, admit that you know, I'm not going to go out and, you know, you know, do all, do all the funding. I'm going to have to hire someone to do the funding. So knowing your role in the firm and knowing, knowing, knowing your well, role and then getting and, the support in the other areas. Yeah. And I just, you know, but I would, I would say that it was sort of a reinvention because I couldn't, you know, I had all of this old book of, business that I was just thinking I would just be able to sit on and that would be able to be enough resting on your laurels they call it right enough oh, enough, good, yeah. enough enough revenue and then it's saying well no I've got to go out and hit the pavement again like I used to do when I was a lot younger and which is fine but you know you got to you have to realize that yeah I find though when you do it the second time you really come from a place of wisdom well, yeah, yeah. Like when oh. younger, you just kind of go, you just go no, you take yeah. everything on, and and I think the second time around, you, 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 I think you have a whole different sense of credibility and things of that nature. Oh yeah, I think that definitely. But no, yeah, when we were yeah starting out, I mean, age 27, 28, yeah. It, well, and I think you're also, I mean, we had been married how many years at that point, like. We got married in 2006, so that was, I wouldn't start this as a newly married couple, <laughs> but we were but, 10 years, we were at least 10 plus years married, and I think that has, you know, so we had a trust, we had a, we had communication, 
Um, it's not always like I say on our good days, we're like Chip and Joanna Gaines energy on our bad days. We're like Liz Taylor and Richard Burton and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, but you have to have those conversations. Um, and then some days we're dumb and dumber. I mean, like, and who's dumb and who's dumber? It sounds depends. like you've been into most law offices. Uh, right. Mine, <laughs> but, I think, I, you know, but I think keeping a sense of humor about it and really being honest. Like, I love that you guys offered that virtual taper a while ago. It was just us two. And we were able to spend that time. We were supposed to be brainstorming on to 2023 planning, but we still have leftover from 2022 that we know will be our 2023 planning. So we actually spent that time talking exactly what David just said, what's holding us back? Like, let's really be honest. And the beauty of a husband wife team is you know each other so intimately that you can be 100% honest. You can't in a workplace always say exactly what's on your mind in the nicest way possible to your coworkers. Well, as David and I have enough of a trust built up or he can say to me, Julie, you're stinking at this. And I'm like, I am, why am I stinking? <laughs> right? And, and so like, for instance, operations, like, I'm like, why am I so stuck? And I'm like, I'm not good at this. David, you need to step in onto that role, right? I can do client service coordinator. I can do marketing, but you need to be more, uh, which is operations. And so like, just Feeling your strengths and your roles following the the accountability chart or the organizational chart and the roles and responsibilities for each one of those boxes now yep. again there's four or five key boxes there's two of you so you've got to fill those five boxes you got to decide who's filling what box but all that work's got to get done and the more you could do within your own natural talents the easier and it becomes and the the greater the result right yep and we did just hire a writer for marketing because we just needed somebody who can, who we can hire on an ad hoc basis to do that blurb typewriting mm -hmm. that David and I started and quickly went into the deepest rabbit hole on, yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. David yeah. went on a legal rabbit hole. I went on it. Is this even going to work? Like, does this? Yeah, it sounds like you guys were aware. You were aware of the roadblocks. And, you and I think that's time. where you were saying about your age. I think both of us being in our 50s you just are way more adept at noticing your own faults and admitting them and not seeing that as such a yeah not um, seeing it as a bad thing but really yeah, looking right. at it as an opportunity um, right for for things yeah Agreed. right okay. so guys as we wrap up um i'm sure some of our listeners are connecting to the conversation today how can um our listeners tap into your brains get in touch with either one of you we have a website now, so that was one thing we accomplished. Um, our, so we, our website is salterlawllc.com. Perfect. And um, do you need our number or so his- uh, Totally work, up to you. Okay, well, our work number is 651-641-0001. Perfect, well, thank you. And any closing remarks before we wrap it up today? I, go ahead. Well, I would just say, you know, identify what's holding you back and uh, figure out how to overcome it, whether it's you're going to do it on your own or whether you're going to find someone to help you do it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is when you're hesitating on something, sit with that. There's a reason and write it out. 
because there were so many times where we were hesitating and I'm like, what's holding us back is we're so slow. It's decision-making. I think really diving into your own decision-making style. Are you a slow decision-maker? Are you a fast decision-maker? We are Colby fact-finders. So we can, again, that can be both a blessing and a curse and stopping yourself and saying, okay, I'm hesitating because I still have more questions, write them down. And then at least, you know, to get the answers to that question. And then also being honest with each other, like we have enough research, let's quick make a decision. And so that I think just, just real stark honesty, transparency with your own, your own working minutes, stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's great spending time with you and thanks for sharing your story. There's someone out there just like you saying, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do. So thank you, uh, everyone. We're all successful. It's it's understanding that success and sharing it with others. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you, David and thank Julie. Thank you guys. Right. Thank you for giving us thanks, some tools Dave, thanks, that Lisa. really helped us all too. All right. Sounds good. Well, for our listeners out there, if you want additional episodes, you can go to lawyerswithpurpose.com and click on the Practice Success Podcast. And um, if you are interested in being on our show, you can always fill out the contact form as well. Everybody, Thank have you. a great day. Thank you both. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Practice Success Podcast. Visit www.lawyerswithpurpose.com podcast to listen to other episodes and to subscribe. We'll see you next time.